rehab's really special in that you get to work with a, a patient population that is very much in need um, and very highly motivated for, for getting back to the things that they want to do. And The communication here is really great. So it does, it feels like you're coming in to work at summer camp. You're all just here to have a good time for the day and then we'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's very obvious and clear that when you're in here working, you're um, on the ground floor caring for somebody that's been through something really traumatic. So um, at least for me, and I think a lot of us here, that's something that we can easily find purpose in. Welcome back to Rehabilitation Chips, a podcast from Mary Freebed Rehabilitation. I'm Chris Mills and I'm your host. We're back for some new episodes. And in these next few shows, we're gonna break away from our traditional format of interviewing patients with their clinicians. We're gonna get to know some of the team here at Mary Freebed. In these episodes, I'm gonna chat with different healthcare professionals from across our rehabilitation system to get to learn a little bit more about what they do helping patients in their recovery and what motivates them to serve the people in our community after an injury or illness. In this episode, I'm gonna talk to three of the Mary Freebed team here in our Grand Rapids location. We're gonna start out with Andrew Young. He's an inpatient physical therapist at Mary Freebed Rehabilitation Hospital. He's got seven years of experience working with patients in outpatient therapy before he made his move to inpatient. In this interview, he talks about his work as part of Mary Freebed's medically complex team and how he got into rehabilitation. Let's dive into that conversation. So I've been a physical therapist for almost 10 years. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, my first seven years, I was in an outpatient setting, actually doing a lot of sports rehabilitation, um, as well as like orthopedic surgery. So knee replacements, rotator cuff repairs, that sort of a thing. Um, so I did seven years there and then I decided, you know what? Uh, yeah, I really wanted to change it up. I really enjoyed my hospital rotations as a student. So I decided to look into Mary Freebed. Um, you know, I had never heard anything bad about this place. So I came in and I've been working here for a little over a year now, and it's been a really great experience. What was that move like going from outpatient therapy to uh, inpatient therapy? I know sometimes our team will jump around and do that, or we bring people from other facilities to come in. What was that change like for you? There's, I think, more in common than what people realize. Um, I think a lot of physical therapy is uh, having the ability to listen, communicate, read a situation, be adaptable and see what's happening in front of you uh, and being willing to change whatever plans you may have had for a session based on what you're seeing and hearing from a patient. And so a lot of those skills, the communication skills especially, um, directly translate no matter what setting you're in. Physical therapy is just one component of rehabilitation. What's it like working in this multidisciplinary team and collaborating with so many other clinicians? I think that is one of the things I really like and that is pretty different than my outpatient job. An outpatient, I am communicating with physicians, um, but it's a little more interspersed. You know, I get almost no FaceTime, whereas here in the hospital, I am seeing the physicians face-to-face -face almost every single day. You know, I eat lunch with my coworkers who are speech-language pathologists and are occupational therapists, and we're constantly communicating and having a dialogue about our patients, what's working well, what's not working well. Um, so I really like that collaborative aspect. In stepping back, how would you define, you know, rehabilitation? What, what does that mean to you? I think it's important to think about rehabilitation in a holistic sense. Um, you know, when people think about rehab, they think getting stronger, getting in and out of the bed, um, 
you know, can I walk as far as I want to? Can I go up and downstairs? And that is a huge part of rehab. Uh, but I think about it in terms of, you know, uh, mind, body, and spirit. I heard uh, somebody say, one of my mentors from a while ago. Um, so it's about building confidence. It's about um, showing somebody what they're capable of. Uh, it's about taking the opportunity to get people outside and breathe in fresh air and feel the sun on them after they've been in the hospital, sometimes for like months and months. Um, so I think about it really holistically, uh, not just about can you get up and stand and walk, although that is very important. Can you paint a picture for me too? So we're in the hospital. We can look out the window here and we're just talking about getting outside and yeah. the sun is starting to shine. It's looking nice. Kind of just tell me where we are and in what are some of the things that you do around the facility here. So we see patients walking by. We're seeing you know, some you know, therapy going on right in the background over here. And we've got our terrace out here. So just kind of paint a picture so people who've never been inside Mary Free Bed, um, what it looks like in here. We're in uh, the main hospital at Mary Free Bed, um, downtown Grand Rapids. Um, I believe there's six floors in this building. My home floor is on the third uh, third floor south end of the building, although we all kind of float between three and four to, four to help each other out. Um, one of the things I like about this hospital a lot is there are lots of big windows. Uh, you know, my day-to-day -day routine, you know, I'm seeing patients and working with them for about six hours of my day, um, sometimes a little bit more than that. We're walking the halls, we're practicing stairs. We have a huge terrace area that you had mentioned earlier. When the weather is cooperating, we go outside and we do uh, walking and balance exercises and strength exercises out on the patio. Um, so I'm really moving around quite a bit, um, moving from room to room, uh, focusing on strength building, walking, um, and getting outside and in front of a window as much as I can. We talked about your role a little bit as a physical therapist. Um, what are maybe some things we might not think about physical therapy? It's, you know, it's probably the first thing people think about with rehabilitation, but how does physical therapy, is it just one component of the bigger picture with a patient? You know, um, physical therapy, it's not just building strength and getting you out of bed. It's also, I think, a lot of um, building confidence in an individual. I think sometimes my job is to show people what they're capable of. And for whatever reason, really valid reasons, people are often nervous or just apprehensive after being through a major medical event to get up and get moving again. And that's super understandable. And so one of our jobs as a physical therapist is um, to set you up for success, uh, challenge you, and really show people what they can do and how to do it, do it safely. So there's a really big confidence building component. Um, one of the ways that I think we build confidence is we really specifically show people what is getting better. So one of the tests we do with patients here, uh, it's an endurance test. It's really standardized, it's straightforward. It's called the six minute walk test. Your goal is to walk as far as you can in six minutes. Uh, day one or two, we do this test and we measure exactly how far you walk. Um, then about every week or, you know, when you get close to discharge, we do the test again. And almost always we see really big improvements in that test. And it's so nice and fun to be able to show some actual hard numbers for somebody to say, hey, when you got here, you were walking 50 feet in six minutes. That's all that you could do. And today you just walked 200 plus, 1,000 feet plus. You know, so that is really exciting and rewarding to do with people. That's what I hear over and over again from the staff that work here. It's just the how rewarding it is to work with the patients. 
do you have any like success stories that you've had from recently with team? What with the patients that you've worked with? Um, something that's really kind of resonated with you that has really kept you going? Uh, thankfully, uh, we see a lot of success here, which is partially what you know makes the job so like worthwhile and rewarding, and what ultimately keeps me coming back is seeing people get better day in and day out. So, you know, the six minute walk test is a really good example. I'm constantly seeing people just like shatter initial expectations, um, with their endurance. Um, you know, I had a patient a while ago who, for whatever reason, she was in a wheelchair, going to be in a wheelchair for a little while. And one thing we were working on was being able to push herself up a ramp. Um, and when she first got here, she did not have the arm strength to be able to do it. And by the end, uh, we circled back to the same ramp we tried the first day and she was able to power herself straight up the ramp. And I think there was a look on her face like like she wasn't expecting to be able to do that. Um, and so to see her uh, succeed and kind of break through that is really exciting. Tell me a little bit about your your team. You're part of the medical complex team. What are the types of patients that you see and the types of injuries and illnesses that you, you're working with with people there? I'd say first and foremost, um, we are working with people that have had a significant cardiac or uh, kind of respiratory or pulmonary issue. Um, you know, people who had a really rough go with COVID, for example, and were in the hospital and maybe on a ventilator for quite a long time, um, will come here after they've kind of medically stabilized and we're trying to build them back up, uh, build endurance, build strength, those sort of things. So like uh, cardiac surgeries, um, respiratory failure is kind of like a big broad diagnosis that can happen for a lot of reasons. Uh, people who have been on ventilators for a really long time, um, but also people that, um, you know, have broken bones because they had a fall at home um, or uh, oncology patients who have maybe um, had a recent diagnosis, had a surgery and are looking to kind of bounce back and improve their strength and endurance before they go back home. Um, so it's really kind of like a, a grab bag, but those are two big buckets for our team. I've talked with a lot of staff who've had unique stories on how they got into healthcare. Do you have any reason what, what motivated you? What drew you to the field? Sure. So uh, my mom has been a nurse for quite a long time. So she was the one who initially um, got me interested in healthcare in general. Um, as I became interested at the end of high school and in college, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, which is a big question, but um, I started to shadow and look at all sorts of different healthcare professions, um, physicians, physician assistants, physical therapists, all sorts of things. Uh, and one thing that I thought was really interesting about physical therapy is it's this sort of cool uh, hybrid between traditional Western medicine and holistic fitness, health, and wellness. So, um, you know, our interventions as physical therapists, it's primarily um, health and fitness promotion, um, exercise, movement, education about how to live a healthy lifestyle. But there is also a really traditional Western medical component. What keeps you uh, busy when you're outside of work? It's, I mean, we have talked to a lot of the staff too who've got interesting hobbies that they're into, like when you're not treating patients and you're not here working, charting or working with them, what are some of the things you like to do outside of work? Um, I There's a rock climbing gym here in town and it's a, a fun way for me to stay active and uh, keeps my brain engaged. So that's probably a main ho hobby of mine. Um, also, I've got a daughter at home. She's three. So uh, her favorite place in the entire world is the park. So I'm probably there most weeknights with her. 
Um, so yeah, being outside and being active as much as I can. You said you heard about Mary Freebed before coming here. Um, what has been like your experience in, in the, the first few years here? What have you enjoyed and what makes this place different than other places you've worked? In general, the culture here is really good. I, you know, you don't have to be a healthcare professional for too long to realize that different facilities have different cultures and different hospitals have different cultures within them. Um, and I really do think that this place is full of a lot of positive people. Um, one of the things patients say a lot is I, every single person I have run into has just been incredibly nice and caring and accommodating for me. I mean, I hear that all the time. Um, so I really do think that this place has un a unique culture that's different than other places in town. Just bigger question, you know, why rehabilitation? Why is it so important? Why should we celebrate it? Uh, I guess when people get sick, they mostly think about, um, you know, I, I want to be medically stable and safe, which is incredibly important. But I think that our job here is uh, really important. And it's sort of, it's not just like, are you still uh, alive? Is your heart beating? Are your vitals safe? It's uh, how do you get back to a certain quality of life and living that brings you joy and fulfillment? Um, and so I really like how, you know, we are grounded in, in medicine, uh, but we're also sort of bridging the gap for people and taking it to the next step. It's not, it's not just have you, you know, kind of made it out of the acute care hospital, but can I go home? Can I walk? Can I be with my friends? Can I participate in things that bring me joy? So I really like uh, kind of taking it one step further. And so you've made that jump from working in another facility to come here. What would you say to someone who's maybe working someplace else, maybe another state, another region, another town, just working in healthcare, or maybe even they're thinking about going to school for something like this. What would be your sell for physical therapy and working here at Mary Freebed? Uh, there's really no substitute for working with somebody and seeing them uh, improve and break their expectations and get better day in and day out. Um, that is very rewarding. Um, and it feels good to help people in a tangible way. You know, uh, you know, it's very obvious and clear that when you're in here working, you're um, on the ground floor caring for somebody that's been through something really traumatic. So um, at least for me, and I think a lot of us here, that's something that we can easily find purpose in, um, particularly as a profession. Um, like I was saying earlier, I think like Mary Freebed in particular, the culture here is really, really good and positive. Um, you know, I every single day have patients who are really thankful that they landed here in particular. Thanks, Andrew, for that and all your work you do with the team. Next up, I'm talking to Rebecca Brower. She's a respiratory therapist here at Mary Freebed in Grand Rapids. Together, we shine the spotlight on respiratory therapy and how that's included in the rehabilitation team. Rebecca talks about her work as part of the intensive medical rehabilitation unit and how she's seen the respiratory therapy team grow in the hospital. Here's that discussion. So at first, I kind of came on the edge of them creating their protocols and policies and kind of getting stuff together. So that was really cool to see a team go from acute care therapists coming together to now having to shift focus to a rehab setting. Um, and then also really create the whole department, like all the rules, all the planning, all of the protocols. Um, and then since then, I've watched them grow in their education and the type of patients they take. Um, we now have pediatric vent patients that we'll take. So that's newer in the last few years. Um, I know their vent adult unit was new as I was coming in where they would take patients who had a trach and were vent dependent either at night or 24 seven and just watching them having to like wean and balance the rehab and the um, physiology was really cool. And I think during COVID, we started to learn a little bit about respiratory therapy. Um, 
Just for people who are watching that don't know what that is, how would you describe respiratory therapy to someone who's not in the healthcare field at all? We basically do lungs and diaphragm up, we joke. Um, So that could be anything from you've got asthma and you need some help when you're being pushed or exercising to you've actually taken damage to your lungs, whether a motor vehicle accident or a disease process. And now we are helping you do the whole process of breathing. Um, So there's very different aspects of respiratory. We've kind of hit that highlight with the disease process with COVID and helping support that. But we kind of cover anything that can happen chest up. So you know, there's so many different types of therapy. We've talked about physical therapy, people know occupational therapy, speech language pathology. How would you describe that respiratory therapy fits within that multidisciplinary team we have here at Mary Free Bed? So here at Mary Free Bed, we have patients that have maybe gone through a very traumatic event, whether it is a disease or an instance of injury. Um, So they come to rehab and maybe the process of breathing or even pulmonary hygiene, which was so easy before that, um, is now very difficult. So we have patients that have been laying in a bed for months, and now we're asking them to get up. We're asking them to walk hallways. We're asking them to bathe and brush their hair. And that can be really hard when your lungs are still healing. So we can either support them by keeping them on the ventilator. Um, We'll walk the halls with them. Maybe they can come off the vent and we'll just help give them oxygen and walk them. Um, Maybe at night we can start to put them on full support so that they're doing less work while they're breathing, burning less calories, getting more rest for another day of therapy. And then during the day, we can start to wean back some of that support and let their body kind of take control again. So that's kind of how we function here in the rehab setting versus acute. Especially reading all these articles during COVID, there was, you know, a trach or capped or vent and there are so many different terms. Like, can you maybe walk me through some of those common terms that people might read in an article of someone's recovery? Uh, one of my favorite patients actually kind of went through all of these stages. We had a patient who became very sick with COVID, um, young patient, was previously healthy. So that was always kind of the stories that made the news were these sad cases of a very healthy individual who just really got knocked down by COVID. Um, required mechanical ventilation. So again, that trach was put into place. That's usually also put into place because there's less risk of infection entering the throat instead of the mouth where secretions and saliva can drop down and cause pneumonia. Um, He was supported with the vent. And then as he came to Mary Freebed, we started to wean the vent. So we did use a device called a speaking valve uh, first um, that can go on the trach. There is a piece of plastic that allows the patient to breathe in through it. It shuts so that air has to go escape up through the nose and the mouth through the vocal cords in order to voice. It's a little bit of a stepping stone to see is the upper airway intact? Are they going to be able to protect their airway and voice and get stronger? Um, He did. And so then we looked at capping. So when we talk about capping, we're putting a piece of plastic just over that trach and almost pretending like it's not there. At any time, we could take the piece of plastic off and they could breathe in and out through it. We could add a vent or whatever we need. But in the meantime, we can kind of push them and see how long they can go without needing that trach. And then we can look at decannulation, which is really just a fancy word for taking the trach out and moving on with our lives. Why do you like working as, as a respiratory therapist? It's it's such an interesting field, and it's one of the, I think, smaller teams here at the hospital. But what brings you joy? Why do you enjoy coming to work every day for this? When I decided to enter healthcare, I, for whatever reason, wanted to be in the thick of it with people. Um, I did have a special needs sister, so I kind of saw the hospital side and the grieving and all of that that comes with being on the patient and family side. So I've always wanted to be in the thick of it. So I went for respiratory, um, and I've enjoyed 
all of it. We do see people at their sickest. If you're requiring a ventilator and you're requiring an airway, um, you don't really get much sicker than that. I do enjoy explaining to families what's going on um, and just talking them through that and celebrating the overcoming of those obstacles. So when they come to rehab, I've often told families it feels like you're now in the healing stage. Acute care feels like you're in survival mode. Things are being done to you. A lot of people don't remember their stay. And then you come here and you start to heal. So then we start talking about all the tools we can do to get your independence back, um, get your activities of daily living back in your control, advocating for your own care, and then also inspiring families to become really hands-on and help those patients get their lives back. Um, so I just love being a part of all of that, just kind of guiding them, um, talking about what's going on and what our next game plan is and how this could go, and then just seeing them become really empowered by it, whether it's caring for their patient or whether the patient is now um, taking back their power. So, You know, we shared a little bit about some success stories, but are there any other ones that really kind of resonate with you that you made this connection? I think rehab really the staff become like family to these patients. Are there any other stories of, you know, success or connection that you've had with patients during your time here? Um, some are spinal cord injury patients. Again, we'll have patients come in, maybe a motor vehicle accident. So now they are completely reliant on the people around them to care for them. Um, so I've seen patients go from being on event 24 seven to coming off during the day, being able to ride their wheelchair on the hallway, um, just get that independence where they don't have to rely on someone to push them around. They can just kind of leave. Some of them have actually come back. So we work on non-invasive ventilation at night. We'll practice that that trach is not there. We'll cap it and we'll do mask ventilation at night for our spinal cord injuries. This helps keep the lungs nice and inflated at night. So they're getting good rest, but we're also preventing pneumonias and um, admissions down the line. And then I've seen them come back and their trach is out and they're just doing the mask ventilation and they're working on their skills here, making friends, finding support here. Um, so that's always kind of been nice to see that shift of lifestyle, but they're still happy and succeeding. So one thing I find too is in your work, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I, I find hear a lot of this where you guys find different sleep disorders during their time with you and you've helped them with like sleep apnea or things like that. Can you touch on that and maybe why that's kind of an unexpected like bonus from someone's recovery uh, in rehabilitation? We actually just talked about this as a team today. So if you were out in the general population and needed to get worked up for sleep disorder breathing, which is usually a conversation started by a snoring spouse, um, that process from consultation to actually getting a CPAP device can take six months. Um, here at Mary Freebed, we see a lot of sleep disordered breathing. Sometimes it's just been going on and the patient ends up coming here for a completely different reason. But while they're sleeping, we're noticing they're snoring, we're witnessing apnea, we're seeing oxygen go down. Um, or sometimes they come to us and we know that because of their injury, they're going to have some sleep disordered breathing. So we actually get to screen them with a pulse ox. We'll watch their heart and heart rate and their oxygen while they're sleeping. If that triggers um, a positive result, we call it, where their oxygen dipped to an unsafe level and we saw their heart rate coordinate with that, then we'll do a home sleep test. So we do partner with St. Mary's Sleep Lab. They will bring over the kit to us. We set it up and then um, a pulmonologist will read it. Usually it's Dr. Shen and then he'll recommend settings and then we can start PAP here. We have the same machines we would use at home. 
and we can get them fitted for mass. We can get them set up. And it's nice too, because speaking from experience, my own father was a snorer. And I will tell this to patients all the time because I'll get the men that come in that say, well, my wife told me I snore, but I think I sleep just fine and I'm okay with that. And I'll say, well, you know that undiagnosed sleep apnea while you're snoring is a nuisance to everyone around you. Um, We do see that it affects your heart muscle. We see death at that level when the oxygen is below a safe level. Um, The heart does start to deteriorate and we can see heart disease come from that. We also see your increased risk of stroke. So while it's not just snoring, there are some significant safety factors with that. And with that comes irritability during the day, difficulty to wake up, moodiness. You're going to fall asleep when you're trying to sit with your family in the living room, watch TV. So sometimes just coming from that, they're like, oh, I had no idea. So we can actually shrink down that whole process, get them compliant, talk about all the benefits and get them fitted. And then they get to go home with the machine if they'll follow up with St. Mary's. So we actually take that whole process and we can get it done in a week. So that's been kind of cool to see and to actually know the whole process and what that looks like. So being able to just have that kind of impact in someone's life, it's probably so, so enjoyable. What's it like? You, we talked about this too, the culture here at Mary Freebed and this team. Um, why do you like working in a rehabilitation setting? I feel like I work at summer camp. Um, you walk down the halls and everyone is just smiling and it doesn't matter if it's Kent Riddle doing a little tour or if it's PT. Um, usually it's a hi, how are you doing? Or a good morning. It's more than just like the quick eye contact and let's stare at the floor. Um, we see patients, there's patients I won't have seen for weeks. Maybe I saw them on admission, got them set up with a home unit. Um, and then I'll see them in the uh, hallways just tooling around. And I'll be like, hey, you look great. You look a lot better than last time I saw you. Like it just feels like everybody celebrates the wins, no matter how small or how big. Um, I love the communication here. It's much different than like the acute care setting. Um, I can always go to PT and ask how their session went or if they need any help. Um, speech is a really good one too. We work closely with them because they're also using that speaking valve and that cap. And we're trying to see if they can swallow safely, if their vocal cords are getting stronger. Um, the physicians here are great. Um, I never feel like I have to worry about approaching them with a concern or an idea. Um, and they are likewise will come to us if they want to know how things are going, or if they have a question of why we're not moving faster, the communication here is really great. So it does, it feels like you're coming in to work at summer camp. You're all just here to have a good time for the day. And then we'll see you again tomorrow. (laughs) Well, that's awesome, Rebecca. I really appreciate you chatting with me today, shining the light on uh, respiratory therapy and what it is. Here's your chance to kind of sell it a little bit too. If someone is a younger, a student, maybe they're going into healthcare and they're like, I don't know which angle or which field I want to do. Why should they decide to work here at Mary Freebed and especially in respiratory therapy? Well, the culture alone will kind of speak for itself. Just feeling comfortable where you're working and getting that job satisfaction is huge. Um, But aside from that, there's a common misconception that once you have transitioned to rehab, you don't get to use your brain as much. And I would say that's probably furthest from the truth. And I'm guilty of having thought that at one point. Um, I get to troubleshoot how a patient is going to maneuver life at home. Um, I've had patients ask me with oxygen and post-COVID, how am I going to be able to go to Arizona for the winter? Um, Working with other teams, care management, the DMEs to figure out how can we make this happen. Um, 
just figuring out if a patient is struggling, why can't you cap? Um, I've gone to ENT visits where I've gotten to see more of that diagnostic side. I can recognize signs in future patients of areas we're going to struggle because of that. There's also the family component of when you're talking about educating them and getting them ready for home, the way that you have to adapt your education to different levels and explain and make sure the patient knows they really need to advocate for themselves. I think I've used my brain a lot more here and a lot more freedom and um, just in the moment than I ever really did in acute care. Um, So I would say that if that's what's holding you back is you feel like you're going to lose some skill set, you'd be pleasantly surprised. Thank you, Rebecca. We're going to wrap up this episode with my interview with Dr. Adam Lamb. Teaching the future of rehabilitation is vital to Dr. Lamb. When he's not seeing patients on the outpatient side, he's leading the hospital's physical medicine and rehabilitation residency program. Let's learn more about his work as a physiatrist and why it's important for the hospital to host its residency program. I'm a a brain injury physiatrist. I I joined Mary Freebed kind of in the summer and fall of 2020. So I've been here for uh, several years now um, working in, in brain injury. So predominantly outpatient, um, but I do some inpatient and consultative work as well. Um, in addition, I'm also the, the residency program director. And so helping to oversee the, the training and education of our, our newly minted doctors who are wanting to go into um, rehabilitation medicine. Um, so I get to wear a couple different hats on a, on a day-to-day basis. So I would just big question here. What is rehabilitation? We've heard about it. We might think of physical therapy, but, but how would you define rehabilitation? I think rehabilitation um, is one of those kind of hard to define uh, pieces in healthcare. I think one of the ways that I kind of try to explain it to patients is it's trying to take wherever you're at, where maybe you're not able to do something or you're not able to achieve a goal and trying to work towards it. So in some ways, it's a very goal directed training to improve function, improving quality of life. And so for someone with uh, maybe an acute uh, bone or joint injury. It's trying to work on getting back to activities without having pain for a patient with a brain injury that might be getting back to more cognitive tasks and day-to-day activities. Um, so it can look very different, but I would say that in broad strokes, it, it's trying to restore function and quality of life in, in any number of different ways. So for someone who it's a new patient, they just came into the hospital and they hear wait, I've got a psychiatrist coming, a physiatrist coming to see me? Like, how would you define like PM&R and physiatry? Yeah, so PM&R, physical medicine and rehabilitation or physiatry are kind of interchangeable terms. Um, They both are, I think, a little bit confusing. And so (laughs) I usually try to kind of describe to patients, it's, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist, although we sometimes work with them, or I'm not a neurologist, although we definitely work with them, or I'm not a surgeon, but we work with them. Really, the, the physiatrist is, is a rehabilitation doctor. And so our role is to help oversee your recovery, um, whether that's inpatient or outpatient, and really trying to kind of serve as the leader of that rehabilitation team. And so somebody who's had an injury or something's happened to them, we'll try and assemble what team members are needed to help get this person back to their highest quality of life and function. For us, that's often physical therapy or occupational therapy or speech therapy recreational therapy, vocational therapists, psychology, psychiatry, um, coordinating with other specialists at other hospitals, um, nutrition, dietitian, nursing, case management. There's a, there's a whole list of, of team members. And so we're kind of 
that combination of quarterback and coach of the of the rehab team, I think is is really kind of the way to think about about what a rehab physician is. How would you be working with a patient? Um, like maybe pick one of the examples because you said you know you worked with concussion in in brain injury. What is a typical type of patient and their involvement in working with you? So I would say I, I tend to see two two different main groups of patients. One being those that come through our inpatient unit, and then as they're recovering, function and getting better, they're ready to graduate from our inpatient unit and, and heading home. The what, one of the things that we always say is that the the getting better and the recovery doesn't stop the minute that you leave our hospital. It continues at home. It continues on outpatient. And so there's some new challenges and new obstacles that come up with that return to home. Maybe some of the things that we thought were going to be easier, a little bit harder, or sometimes the recovery, the road to recovery may be a little bit of a winding path. And so our job on the outpatient side is to kind of help continue to transition people transition them back to return to work if that's appropriate, return to driving. And so that's kind of one patient that I see. And then on the concussion side is a little bit different is that's somebody who may have gone to the emergency department or urgent care, but didn't come through our inpatient unit. Hmm. Um, and so their care is predominantly almost entirely outpatient. And so there it may be things more like headache management, pain management, trying to get people working on their dizziness and balance symptoms, getting them connected with our post-concussion rehabilitation team. And so um, there's some components of both that are similar in that it's it's kind of symptom-based, impairment-based, and kind of leading leading the rehab team. Um, but the type of patient and, and the challenges that they face in both of those are a little bit different. Have you had any recent success stories that like really fill you up and, and just make you happy to be doing the work that you do? I think that that's one of the nice things about what I get to do in, in brain injury um, and kind of straddling that brain injury and concussion side. We tend to have um, a fair number of, of success stories kind of on both the the concussion recovery just by nature of the injury. The recovery is a little bit faster. And so the rewards are a little bit faster. But I think mm-hmm. on the on the brain injured side for kind of the, the more severe patients, the there's a longer payoff. And so the reward is different, but um, you kind of get that sense of kind of when you when you win a marathon as opposed to winning a sprint. It kind of feels different when you cross the finish line. Um, so we've had some patients recently who had pretty significant injuries um, who are starting to make big transitions back into their lives, their roles as husbands or fathers or mothers and employees and and really getting back to the things that help make us who we are. And I think that's that's really the the most rewarding part of it. And I bet it's been great. You get to share some of that rewardingness of the field with new people who are coming in to work in rehabilitation. You've been leading the the physical medicine rehabilitation, our residency program. What has that been like for you? I think that's one of the most uh, both challenging but rewarding pieces of, of what I get to do because you're you're taking newly minted doctors who who want to go into rehab and, and want to learn about the the field and make this their career. And and you're you're at kind of the, the ground level of of setting what those habits that they're going to use for the rest of their lives are. Um, and so I think that's one of the really great things that we get to do. Um, our residents, I think, are, are really phenomenal people as a group. They spend time on both our inpatient unit and our outpatient clinics. And so they really get to see all of what Mary Freebed is and all of what rehabilitation is um, in their three years with us for training. How did you get into the field? What inspired you to go into to be a physiatrist? So I was a, a little bit of a kind of unique story in that um, we have a, a family member who is a physiatrist, um, kind of worked more in, in the spine outpatient musculoskeletal mm-hmm. setting. 
And that's kind of what I thought that I was going to do. And then um, once I kind of went to medical school, still knew that I wanted to, to do physiatry. It just, it, it felt very rewarding to me every time that I, I shadowed him and spent time with him. But um, once I kind of got into residency training, uh, brain injury really kind of stuck out to me because there's a lot of diversity in what I get to do. I can practice on the inpatient side, outpatient side, consult visits at, at our major hospitals. And so I get to wear a lot of different hats mm -hmm. in brain injury and that that was something that I didn't think would be what I wanted to do. But once I got a taste of it in training, I, I really realized I didn't want to kind of commit and stick to just one aspect of, of kind of the spectrum of care. Brain injury allows me to do that. If someone who's maybe thinking about uh, going into physical medicine, wanting to be a rehab doctor, what would you say uh, to them to, to encourage them to go into it? Or just maybe even somebody else wanting to come work here at Mary Free Bed. Why should they do that? I think it's a it's a really rewarding uh, career. I think you can do a, a lot of really great things with with your life and, and in healthcare and a number of different fields, even beyond healthcare. I think rehab's really special in that you get to work with a, a patient population that is very much in need um, and very highly motivated for for getting back to the things that they want to do. And um, as a practitioner, that's a that's a really nice patient population to work with is somebody who needs you and somebody who's really um, driven every day to put in the work to get better. Um, and so we really partner with our patients to help them achieve their goals. Um, so I think it's it's definitely worth pursuing. Um, if you're wanting to learn more about us, you can check out our, our website. It has a lot of information about the Mary Freebed PM&R residency. If you're a medical student, there's a lot of information about um, potentially coming and spending some time with us as a medical student. Um, and if you're even earlier on in your training, um, you know, give some good ideas and tips and tricks on how to how to learn a little bit more about the field. So we'd definitely direct you to our to our website for both the medical student experience and residency experience, and also just about our hospital to learn more about us. And that's it for this episode of Rehabilitation Chips, a podcast from Mary Freebed. You've been listening to the first of our few Meet the Team episodes. Our next episode will be one of my conversations with some of the team on the east side of Michigan at Mary Freebed at Covenant Healthcare. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and any story ideas you have. Send us a note at podcast at maryfreebed.com. If you, a family member, a friend, are looking to make a move and make an impact in your career, come join our team. Visit maryfreebed.com careers to find our job postings. And with that, I'm Chris Mills, your host for Rehabilitation Ships. And until next time, thanks for listening and stay well.